Welcome to the Vet Podcast by the Vet Gurus, Brendan and Mark. Get ready for the latest veterinary news, information and entertainment. Don't forget to visit us at the Vet Gurus website, vetgurus.com. Now, sit back, relax. It's over to the Vet Gurus, Brendan and Mark. Hello, Brendan here with Mark episode... 316, 316, Thursday, October the 19th, 2023. How are you, Mark? I'm great, Brendan. I'm great. Excellent. Um, although it's, it's been a bit um, uh, a bit of a confusing day. You know I've kept you waiting to hook up over the internet. But, um, uh, yes, I, I don't like it when you keep me waiting for our hookups, Dad, Mark. Dad, Dad, <laughs> Um, but um, Kate's got a day off, so we're um, we've put the camper back on the back, and we're um, we're making a little uh, um, a few days camping out in the, the remote part of the remote part of northern Australia. Excellent. Well, yes. Um, partly because of that, we are having a slightly a, a very punchy episode. We're going to have a a bite. This one will be a quick bite episode, Mark. So Ooh, I, I like it. I haven't put any news stories in this week, even though we've got a little bit of a backlog to catch up with, and we will catch up with them at some stage. But before we jump into our one and only main topic, Mark, um, just a little bit of housekeeping, vetgurus at gmail.com, where our podcast lives. Go there, do a search, and I think Mark's just started up the car and headed off already <laughs> by the sound of that. And look on our Etsy, sure, Etsy shop at the Vet Gurus shop, etsy.com, and look at our merchandise. And buy some. Don't just look. Buy. We get a lot of people just shop, window shopping, Mark, and I don't like it. Um, the the prices, and I've been very pleased with the Etsy store because they're not um, they're, they're not ridiculous. And we don't make that much out of it. Most of the money goes to the, um, the crafts people who... Who does who do the and, stuff and, and the postage and that we we yep. make five or ten percent if that you know um, off the total there. So, but it's such stylish gear and so reasonably priced. Yes, and it makes you feel good because you've got some good gear. It makes us feel good because you're helping support the podcast, and it's a win-win mark. So. I'm off to the um, – well, I will have already gone by the time this um, is posted, Mark. I'm off to the Vet Expo in Melbourne, Mark. It's at the Exhibition Centre, uh, the Conference and Exhibition Centre here in Melbourne. One, so one of the big veterinary conferences. Um, it's an Australia-wide one. It, it moves around a little bit. Um, it's I was going to say it's the opposition, but it isn't really the opposition to the Australian Veterinary Association. It's, it's complementary. It's competition. It's competition. It's healthy competition. And it, um, yeah, looking forward to catching up. Oh, no, I'll certainly catch up with a couple of our sponsors, Mark, our main sponsors. Um, Doug and the team from Microchips Australia will be there, I think, Andrew and his team from Chemical Essentials will be there, the F10 products. And I'm not quite sure. I haven't looked whether or not Wombaroo, uh, not Wombaroo Specialized Animal <laughs> Nutrition, Jen and the team from Oxbow Australia, whether they will be there. So I'm looking forward to a bit of doing a bit of schmoozing, Mark, um, and also having a couple of drinks with the the teams. So tell um, tell when you do speak to them, 
just like everyone listening to the podcast, tell them that I look forward to the next time I get to schmooze with them as well. Well, as usual, I'll send you a couple of selfies, Mark. <laughs> um, hopefully not too inebriated when I send them to you. So, yes. So there we go. So I'm look, and I might, we might do it. I might do a little bit of a rundown on um, any of the, um, some of the talks that I attend um, if we get a chance in, over the next few weeks, Mark. Um, so, yes. Good plan. Good plan. So I think with that, I just wanted to do a, a quick little topic on a condition that's unusual um, in ferrets, Mark, and that is eosinophilic gastroenteritis. And uh, this particular condition has a has a um, warm spot in my heart, Mark, not in the ferrets that get it, but um, because it was, I did, I did um, we've referenced a paper that um, was uh, penned by yours truly, Mark. Um, I, I wrote a paper on this eosinophilic gastroenteritis in three ferrets way back in the day, Mark, 2006. Um, I'm looking at it, it's a, <laughs> it is a while ago there. We're getting on towards, um, what, 17 years or so ago. So, um, and I did a bit of a summary of three, case report of three um, ferrets, as, as the title suggests there, Mark. And I've seen a few since there, but I'd, I'd regard it as unusual to rare this condition. So my, so we're just going to cover the the the, the the diagnosis of this and, and a couple of quirks about it and our comments on the potential causes of this condition. Mark, have you seen any of these? I've only seen a single one after I had read your paper all those years ago. Um, and I, th I do feel guilty now that I think about it because um, I, we do see lots of ferrets that have the presenting clinical signs and I probably haven't pushed those clients hard enough to do their their, their due diligence and uh, appropriate workup and uh, get a, an answer um, for some of these. And it is, uh, as you will point out, a relatively easy thing to rule out amongst all the causes of, uh, of gastroenteritis in ferrets. Yes, so the clinical signs of these can be a little bit vague, Mark. Um, typically, they're ferrets that are just have a sort of chronic lethargy and slowly developing, uh, usually not acute, um, although it can be, um, over a few days to a few weeks, Mark. And, and typically with them, they also develop diarrhea, Mark, a chronic diarrhea, some of them with mucus there, some without mucus. And um, so it's a pretty vague sort of presentation history there. So, you know, being a ferret, there's a few other conditions that you might lump in with those clinical signs, Mark, um, including the, the classic partial obstruction. Some can show show up with that, even with that, that diarrhea there, Mark. Um, I've found with the ones I've seen, and apart from these three in this paper, Mark, I think I'd be lucky to, to add another four or five to that over the years mark um the, a large percentage of them um that i have seen mark um have really obvious um ropey thickened small intestinal loops mark that you can palpate quite easily readily in the initial consultation so for me it's a it's a real giveaway for this condition um, not that all of them have that thickened intestinal wall mark that and it, and it just feels 
terrible when you feel it. It's just like you've got this, you know, bundled up, um, you know, rope inside the um, inside the ferret's abdomen there, Mark. But if you do happen to have a ferret that has, you know, the lethargy and or chronic diarrhoea over over several days to several weeks and you can palpate the abdomen and you feel these ropey intestines, Mark, then you need to put this condition high on your differential list. What was the one that you had, if you can remember what what was it doing what was um, it had di- the same slow onset it had diarrhea um and and initially that that um that very thickened loops of bowel that's very apparent on palpation i thought um that i had a intestinal lymphoma case yes. at yes. the time um and um and so I'd, i i uh, had a very uh, good clients and we did the workup and we actually did a biopsy and uh, and diagnosed EGE but um, but yeah it was it was I was leaning more towards intestinal lymphoma just on uh, the clinical examination so I take your point that that's a standout feature of the clinical examination yes I mean other signs that we can sometimes see in these and uh, the fewer that but the ones that I've seen is is um, vomiting as well, Mark, as the other uh, the sign that we see with them. So, a bit of a vague sign because there's a few other conditions you, we've met, you mentioned the the neoplastic ones. I've mentioned these structures as other infectious processes, including the you know the one that you know we've really ever have seen in Australia the in ECE the um, um, catarrhal enteritis or whatever they want to call that these days, um, and uh, I suppose a, an acute episode or a chronic episode of, of gastroenteritis you could just put on the list there as well, Mark. Although, to be honest, I don't think I've – I'm trying to remember if I've diagnosed a, a, a chronic gastro in a, in a ferret. Um, yeah, um, I don't think it's in my experience it isn't a common, common thing at all. Um, so what do we do, Mark, to do a workup with these? So we have a ferret that has – um, history of lethargy, progressive plus or minus diarrhea with mucus and uh, maybe some vomiting mark and we palpate its abdomen. We may or may not feel those ropey sort of intestines there. And that it's that typical just miserable-looking ferret, aren't they, Mark? Um, just um, just not happy ferret. So my, my, my workup for this would be the same as if we would be approaching for any gastrointestinal yeah. suspected condition, and that's we, we'd admit it. We'd take uh, some blood, uh, we'd do a full blood screen, and we'd do survey radiographs as our first step um, with it, Mark. What, it, is that what you do? Precisely, and the, the I'm tempted with these just to look at the bloods first, but... Um, uh, as you mentioned before, there's a certain number of these cases um, that uh, can easily be mistaken for um, partial obstructions. And so you do want to take a, a radiograph and, and make a bit of an assessment about the likelihood of an obstruction contributing to the problem. Um, so, yeah, radiographs and... Yes. And... Bloods. What do we see on these bloods, Mark? Well, interestingly enough, a large percentage of them do have a, a massive eosinophilia um, going on there, and it is 
traumatic, um, to say the least, Mark. It's, it's, it's yeah, you see a really huge spike in those eosinophils and um, that um, it's not, you know, by definition, it's not diagnostic just saying you have, because you have that peripheral eosinophilia, but it's, it's extremely likely that if we have those other clinical signs that we just spoke about, especially the thickened intestinal loops as well that um, it is a case of obvious and aphilic gastroenteritis because a definitive diagnosis will be as you mentioned doing a biopsy um, taking a section of that um, gut and getting the histopath um, and that is uh, the, the 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 final tick in the box of saying yes it is a is a case of that mark um, and so and you're uh, right there brendan the it's profound like 25 to 30 percent of the white cells in these ferrets are eosinophils so it it's not just a marginal change they're they're going off um, yes. So, yes. And it does, like, once you get to that point, as we said, it's not an absolute diagnosis, but your index of suspicion is getting way, way up there uh, once you have that blood result. Yes, yes. So let's assume we've diagnosed it, whether it is via that um, tentative diagnosis, via the massive eosinophilia going on there on that blood screen mark or our, or our biopsy. What do we do, Mark? What's our treatment for these? How do we control? How do we fix it? Well, the wonderful thing about ferrets, one of the things I love about ferrets is um, is they're relatively resistant to the bad effects of corticosteroids. So um, I would just hit them with some prednisolone. Yes, a pred bath, Mark. A pred bath is what I tend to do with ferrets. They lap it up. They love it. They go swimming. They do backstroke in it. They, they love it. And interestingly enough, we, we typically, or well, I certainly had with mine anyway, a, a very good response with prednisolone therapy, Mark. We go at pretty decent you know in immunosuppressive rates with them and touch wood the ones that i've seen i'm trying to remember when i last saw one it's been a few years now um we have a good response mark um to it um the bad news is um they may need to be on that long term or that they relapse when they are taken off it or they may relapse even when they are still on it so so we the chances of a, a, a continued remission is um, not great with the mark um, but but some of them have responded dramatically and, and we gain some great quality of life even if that may be for several only for several days or weeks or months with them how did your one go mark um, it was in the middle there, several months of excellent response to therapy, but then a relapse, and uh, and um, it was a ferret of um, oh, six years old, um, so not ancient, but of a, a mature age, and um, the client decided not to go ahead at that point. Um, yes. Yeah, but... So what causes it? Well, that's the oh. million-dollar question, Mark. That is the million-dollar question, and and these and I'm just flicking through that old paper of mine, Mark, and I don't think things have changed that much as far as our potential causes of it. Um, remission, um, we spoke about um, with the pred. Um, so the concern is, what is there a pathogen that causes yes. it? And and there's been no pathogens isolated that have confirmed causing it, Mark. So a causative agent has not been found in ferrets. So there has always been a suspected possibility of a food allergy being a cause, Mark. Um, What's your I, theory, Brendan? Well, well I... Uh, 
I've got two two theories, Mark. Two theories. Um, um, getting back to the food allergy, and food allergy is is certainly one that I'd I'd consider um, that there is something in the food that we're we're giving ferrets that may may be making them a little bit prone to it. Um, and the reason why um, a lot of people are uh, thinking about food allergies, it is implicated in as in gastroenteritis in in humans and some other species, Mark, including dogs. Um, but they have done food, you know, elimination tests with ferrets and um, you know mixed results. And I think at least one of the ferrets that I of these three in that paper, I I did place it on. I think I put it on the ZD diet, the the Hills ZD diet, and uh, while well, it was undergoing the pred therapy there, and, and you know with a equivocal sort of response with it so so food allergies mark being eosinophils the other thing people always jump at is is it a parasite uh, parasitism with it and there is i think one paper that mentioned a ferret that um was was basically dosed with ivermectin that that improved um so i th- i think the shotgun therapy that people sometimes use with it is they they hit them all with bread and they give it some ivermectin as well just in case there is some sort of paras parasite um reaction going on there but again there's no no causative agent has been diagnosed with them and the other one mark the which i think is a, a um high on the list of what i'd um think is maybe possibly could be involved is is genetics mark um there might be some sort of genetic sort of process there um what's your thoughts um i don't know um i i i suspect you're i I just don't know about the the i've had heard such bad well bad such um equivocal results with uh, dietary management that i don't know that that's in well you know the whole story um, and I suspect you're probably right that there's some genetic predisposition amongst certain lines of ferrets to uh, to overreact to maybe some dietary proteins or other triggers um, and then we end up with this eosinophilic response. It'll be interesting one day to know. I wonder if any of our listeners have uh, any ideas about potential idiopathogenesis of this condition maybe they could send us their ideas yes vetgurus at gmail.com and well send us flick us an email even if um, you're not sure but you've seen i'd love to just get a bit of a survey of any of our listeners that have diagnosed and or tried to treat cases of eosinophilic gastroenteritis in a ferret. So, um, yeah, it's fascinating. So a bit of an, inter, you know, unusual to rare, I'd probably call it rare, although I think in the literature they just call it unusual condition, Mark. Um, but to me, I think the key take-home messages with this are um, think of this condition when you have a ferret that's just chronically unwell. The other thing that happens with them, they, they lose weight as well, which we, I didn't mention. Um, so chronically unwell, weight loss, um, diarrhoea, chronic diarrhoea and or a bit of vomiting. And if you palpate those those thick and small intestinal loops, those ropey intestines, then... then Straight away, you should be thinking eosinophilic gastroenteritis as one of the differentials, and do your workup. Um, and if you do confirm it, um, especially with the the bloods and the and the histos, then shove them on the pred, Mark. Shove them on the pred. Now, and, one uh, quick final question for you, Brendan. Um, if you've got one of those ones that uh, slips out of remission, uh, 
Do you, is what other immunosuppressive agents would have you tried any um, with a, <sighs> No, to be honest, no. I've just tried. Um, I've just tried uh, pred with them. So yeah, I mean the next one, whenever or if ever I get one in. Um, I may consider um, using some of the some of the other immunosuppression agents. Mark, um, what were your thoughts on that? Oh, where, where yeah, we had I was. That, I yeah. probably would have said it towards something like cyclosporin. Or, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. So there we go. Mark, eosinophilic gastroenteritis in ferrets. Bit of a quirky one, an interesting one, and one I'd like to hear from any of our subscribers or listeners. Mark, any final comments? Just nice that you got a paper out of it, Brendan. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> yeah, very old paper, Mark. I think I was on parchment, that one. <laughs> so I think with that, we'll get out of here and we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Vet Podcast by the Vet Gurus. Don't forget to visit us at the website, vetgurus.com, where you can subscribe, view show notes, listen to previous episodes and more. You can contact us via email at vetgurus at gmail.com to ask a question or just say hi. Thanks again and see you next time.